You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. I invite you to open your Bibles and turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 30. When all these blessings and curses I have set before you come upon you, and you take them to heart wherever the Lord your God disperses you among the nations, and when you and your children return to the Lord your God and obey Him with all your heart and with all your soul according to everything I command you today, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes, will have compassion on you, and gather you again from all the nations where He scattered you. Even if you've been banished to the most distant land under the heavens, from there the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. He will bring you back to the land that belonged to your fathers, and you will take possession of it. He will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers. The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. The Lord your God will put all these curses on your enemies who who hate and persecute you. You will again obey the Lord and follow all his commands I'm giving you today. And the Lord your God will make you most prosperous in all the work of your hands and in the fruit of your womb the young of your livestock and the crops of your land. The Lord will again delight in you and make you prosperous, just as he delighted in your fathers, if you obey the Lord your God and keep his commands and decrees that are written in this book of the law and turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. We'll turn further in the Old Testament to the book of Ruth now. We'll read the first six verses from that book and Our attention this morning will be especially on verse 6. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When she heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home. From there, beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, today, this date, November 11th, is a special date for many countries across the globe. This is the day upon which Commonwealth countries remember the sacrifices of members of our armed forces who gave their lives in battle, who gave their lives in the line of duty, who gave their lives for a greater cause, for the cause of country, the cause of fellow citizen, and certainly in many cases, in many situations, for the cause of their God, of our God. And so it's good that we remember the sacrifice on their part. Now, we have this perennial, this yearly reminder of what they have done. 
But you'll realize that Remembrance Day is not only a yearly reminder of the sacrifices of so many who gave their lives in the line of duty, but Remembrance Day is also an annual reminder of the state of our world. That we need to remember that there are wars and there are battles to be fought. That there is death and bloodshed. That there is friction and fighting and animosity and hatred, even among mankind. And that's why, brothers and sisters, that's why today we also remember something else. And that's why, in fact, every Sunday we remember something else. And that's why the Lord calls us to live every day of our lives in remembrance of Him. We remember another sacrifice. If we call giving your life in the line of duty for the sake of country and fellow citizen and God, if we call that the ultimate sacrifice, then the sacrifice of which we are speaking now must be called the, the ultimate sacrifice with capital letters. It was the ultimate sacrifice. We're speaking here of the sacrifice of the Son of God. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, where He gave His life for the atonement for sins, for the forgiveness, the washing away of sins, and for the renewal of the lives of His people. On the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ gave His life for ours. Having lived the ultimate life, the life that we could not live for us, He went to the cross and there He died the ultimate death for us. To save us from our sin and misery and to guarantee for us salvation and eternal life with God. And our Lord is very zealous very intent that we do not forget His work. We forget His work to our loss. We forget His work to our loss. And we wear poppies on a day like today to commemorate the, uh, to observe, and observe a moment of silence lest we forget the service and sacrifice of soldiers. Our Lord has given to us a sign and seal by which to remember His great work and the grace of God, the grace of God the Father that was lavished upon all of us and upon this world that's conveyed in the death of Jesus Christ. He has called us to keep this sign and seal in remembrance of Him, to observe this sacrament, the sacrament of Lord's Supper, in order to proclaim His death until He comes. And so this morning, as we turn our attention to the Word of God, we remember there also the grace of God poured out on His people in giving them bread. Our text this morning is Ruth chapter 1, verse 6, where it reads, where we, we learn of Naomi living in Moab and hearing that the Lord had come to the aid of His people. Now, how did Naomi get to Moab? 
Now, last week we saw at the beginning of the book that the family of Elimelech, Elimelech, along with his wife Naomi and their two sons, they left the promised land and they went to live for a while, it said, in Moab. They left the land that God had given to them and they went to live in a land of pagans, a land where false gods were worshipped, a land where God had not promised to give his blessing. And though they were seeking greener pastures in that foreign land, we found that they did not find greener pastures at all. Rather, Elimelech died. Then his sons marry foreign women, and then those sons as well die, leaving Naomi, the only one left of the original ones having left the promised land. And Naomi is left behind utterly bereft, an utterly bereft widow in a foreign land. And as we looked at this account last week, we had to ask the question, where is the grace of God at work in this passage? All we read about is unfaithfulness and suffering, sin and misery. Where is the grace of God in the midst of all this sin and misery? Is it possible that the grace of God can be at work in a life with so much sin and so much suffering as the life of Naomi. Well, this account takes a wonderful turn in verse 6. It reads there, When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. We read in Deuteronomy chapter 30 that a time of the Lord's disciplining his people would end. That after a time of God's disciplining His people would come a time of renewal, a time of refreshment, a time of restoration. That the Lord would not always look in judgment upon His people, but that He would look favorably upon them again. And so when the famine breaks in the land of Israel, and when food once again comes to them, it's a sign of the Lord's favor and blessing upon them. It's a good sign. It's a wonderful sign. Just as it had been in the desert when the Lord provided manna each day for His people as a daily provision for their lives and a daily reminder that He was still with them, that He would give them everything that they needed and that He would continue to lead them through this land. Again, here, when the Lord provides food, He reveals His grace and favor to His people. He gives them bread. And that that news is so wonderful, so attractive, that Naomi hears it all the way in Moab, in that foreign land. And it draws Naomi back from that nation of idol worshippers and enemies of Israel. And it draws her, it calls her back to the promised land, the land of Israel, where the true God was once again being held in honor. Is it possible that the grace of God can be at work in a life so filled with sin and suffering as the life of Naomi? The answer clearly, as we begin to see already here in the book of Ruth, is yes. The grace of God is at work in her life. 
And the grace of God is here powerfully drawing her back to the Lord and to his people. And so in this world in which we have to yearly remember the sin and suffering that's in our world, as we remember the death of soldiers who fight in battles, we ask the question, is it possible that the grace of God can be at work in a world so full of sin and suffering as ours? Can the grace of God be at work in a life so full of sin and suffering as ours? Yes, it is possible. Yes, God is at work. We celebrate that truth this morning. We celebrate the grace of God in showering His favor, His love and His kindness upon His people this morning. We receive the grace of God as we partake of the Lord's Supper, as we partake of the bread which He gives us. But we don't keep our eyes on this bread here, the bread that we hold in our hands, the bread that we see, but we lift up our eyes to heaven where the true bread is, where the ultimate bread is, the bread that God sent in His providence, in His care, in His favor to this world to show His grace and His love. To demonstrate that He was a God of love and compassion, a God of forgiveness and kindness. Jesus Christ is the ultimate expression of the love and kindness of our God. Jesus Christ is the true bread. And in giving him to the world, God has shown his grace. He has revealed his favor. And he calls everyone affected by the sin and suffering in this world to come to him. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.